Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to a fat pack forward it's 24 hours late. Um, we were all just very tired yesterday. Uh, Sean is in New York. Um, Keith was dying sick. I'm not the best myself. So we said, look, do you know what? We leave it for 24 hours. Um, me and Kev will come on. We'll have a little chat around the World Cup. We'll have a chat around Joe Bellingham. Um, the sale of Liverpool Football Club. And I put that in inverted comments. And also the squad that are heading off to Dubai to do some warm weather training before the Premier League gets back. Um, so all of that to come in the next 40 to 45 minutes. Um, while you're here, the link is in the description for the Lydia appeal. She needs £6,000 or €6,000. I can't remember which is which. But she's up near 5000 So if we can get another 1000 in there, she'd be well on target. She has had her um, surgery. A lot of pain apparently afterwards. But... On the on the men, so she does need that money. So the link is in the description if you want to go in and check it out. And um, yeah, um, we do our best to get her where she needs to be. Um, Kev, how are you? The World Cup is flying. Brazil are flying. We're going to talk about the World Cup in a little bit. Um, but how are you overall? How are things? How are you in yourself, as they say? Oh my myself, I'm grand. I'm grand. It's grand. Oh, it's good, sir. Yeah. No, no, I'm sound. I'm really good. Uh, really good weekends. Uh, went to see my daughter yesterday down in Limerick, so in a nice day out. Took her out for lunch for engagements. So um, all's good in the world at the minute. Good yeah, stuff. All good. It was my granddaughter's birthday as well yesterday, so that speaks to her yesterday. Yeah, yesterday must have cost you a fortune. We we want we'll skip past that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids Santa's coming as well, so they cost you a fortune. Absolutely, sure. <laughs> What are you going to do? Well, as a mate of mine said to me last week, I've never seen a hearse pulling a fucking trailer behind it, which means exactly. you, basically you can't bring it with you, can you? So you're right. Yeah. Um, few bits to talk about, Kev. And if people Absolutely. are watching, you're more than, you're more than welcome here. Um, make sure you hit the like button while you're here or when you're leaving or on your way in or wherever it might be. Hit the like button. It helps us. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. We're doing our absolute best to bring you as much content as we can throughout this World Cup. Whether that's watch-alongs, updates on the World Cup, quizzes, drafts, Liverpool chat, wherever it might be. So hit the like button now if you can. Um, but, Kev, I'm going to start off with Liverpool going to Dubai. Naming a huge squad to go to Dubai for some warm weather training. Um, you're just expecting the squad to come out, but you see a lot of stuff around um, Diaz. Should see yeah. some time. You've seen Arthur Mello being met, n- named in the squad. Um, 
you know, you're seeing there's a couple of surprises in there. You know, the World Cup players are obviously still away. Darwin Nunes has been knocked out. He might join up there. He will join up there at some stage. We probably gets a week off or whatever after Uruguay have gone out. But um, a few surprises in there. Did, did, did you kind of look and go, oh, didn't expect him. I, I did, but then it was I. there was almost a caveat with an awful lot of it is, yeah, they're going to be continuing their rehab while they're there with the squad, mm. an awful lot of them. You know, which is fine. This is why you want to of see. course, as well. Jota. Yeah. Jota. I mean, we've all been told that Jota's going to be February. But the fact that Luis Diaz looks like he's going to be close to being back, you know, that we're going to, we might see him during this, during a few of the games, is a bright spark. We need that. We definitely need him as an option. You know, when it, going into the last few games, before the World Cup break, the options up front were really limited and it was noticeable with the volume of games that we were having. And as Klopp said plenty of times, the toughest part is to come, you know, with the when everyone has come back and the World Cup is done and dusted, then the volume of games really kicks into gear and we're going to need as many people back as possible. Kay Gordon back as well. Yeah, I've seen that. that. That's a good one. He's been out for a long time. Probably would have played in some of the League Cup games. He would have definitely been involved in the under nineteen push for the with the Champions League, but they've done well as as well. But you look at the amount of players who've gone, thirty three in total, I think. Forget about the long term injuries who are there for rehab. There's enough players that are going out there, which means they're going to have plenty of meaningful games within themselves, as well as the friendlies that they're going out there for. So. They've taken enough kids out there to give the senior players, you know, a proper workout, you know, and that's what they're going to need. It's, I kind of look at it like, listen, they're always going to bring a load of players out. Like you yeah. said, they're going to, you know, like a mini preseason. They're, I think, have two games lined up when they go over here? Um, yeah, I think they're uh, playing Leon and they're playing AC Milan. Yeah, so the two games there, but you'll probably see like, for split into four forty fives, you know, where you'll see a lot of changes and stuff like that. And yeah, the likes of Jota, Artemelo, rehab and stuff, they'll be going for rehab. You are over there to continue their rehab. And then you have the likes of Luis Diaz, which is a bit more promising. And it's about right, because I think they thought he might be out till December. So him coming yeah. back is great news. But you know, how much of it is going to be Kev, like don't get me wrong, it's gonna be getting, you know, getting the legs going again and you know, we're looking forward to I know there's a League Cup game against Man City and then we're away, I think the Leicester on on the 26th. So, you know, how much of it is going to be that of getting them just back to, you know, going again? And also, a little bit of planning around what teams you might have to put out on the 26th because when we get on to this walk, when we get on to talk about this walk up in a few minutes, there's players there that could possibly be there until, would it be the 18th of December? Yeah, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's conceivable that we're going to have players involved right to the very end. Yeah. You know, Whether that's uh, finals or third and four place finals. finals third and four is the final is the final due to be on the 18th? finals on the eighteenth. Yeah, uh, third place playoff will be on the seventeenth. Yeah, then and the fourth game back on the twenty sixth. So there's only six, seven, yeah. eight days between the end of this World Cup if you get into the semi finals and yeah. starting for Liverpool. So you could be looking at Allison, Trent, Fabinho, Fabinho, Virgil. Like if you look at the back, just at the back line, you're looking at possibly. Trent, who hasn't played an awful lot, in fairness, but Kanate, Van Dijk, Allison. So, how much of it will be over there for you? Um, we're not going. We're not going to go too deep into the fact no, that no, in the no. squad for Dubai. But how much of it do you think it's going to be where you're going? We might need to look at A, B, and C in these positions because he might need to play against Leicester. 
Ramsey for sure. Joe Matip for sure. Joe Gomez for sure. Uh, Robertson, Simicast, both will be there. Both can be involved. But James Milner as well becomes a very important um, for fullback cover and midfield cover. But yeah, it's um, as long as everyone who's still there at the end come back fit and healthy, you can phase them back in over the Christmas and New Year period. But you'd have to hope that Ramsey, that they, had, they didn't just have two weeks off on the jolly, which we know they wouldn't have. You know they, they would have finished their last game, they'd have gone away with a training plan to come back. It's still in good shape, just needs sharpening up. This is all. This is the hope. And I think for the two games that we play, you might see for first 45 minutes of both games, the side that will probably line up against City oh. or something very close to it. Yeah, in both games, so at least they're gonna have an idea of what it's like to play together, and then at least you have a basis to work from. City are going to be in this in doing exactly the same thing. They've already, I think, they went out today. Yeah, and, uh, New, and Newcastle as well are, are out there as well. So and they have, I think, they had seventeen players going to the World Cup now. I don't know how many yeah. of them have got through to this stage, and but you know the likes of De Bruyne isn't there, and you know you have got, they have. They well, the Portuguese team. lads are there, the Walker. Spanish lads. Yeah, the yeah, they, they've, they've a fair few there as well. So yeah, it'll, be, it'll be interesting what way they go as well, I suppose. Um, Jono says to Trent, we need a rest after all his effort. He's getting to Geo <laughs> Bound to come to LFC. Um, <laughs> listen, come here. We get on to that in a few minutes. But just looking at the players that are left, you know, you have Alisson and you have Fabinho with, with Brazil. You yeah. have Trent. You have Hendo with England. Yeah. You have Van Dijk with Holland and you've Canate with, with France, um, yeah. France. So that's six that are left for Liverpool. Yeah. And looking at it, you know, France play England. So you yeah. could have two of them coming home or one of them coming home. Um, the Dutch have been fairly pragmatic in this, but they're getting through. Um, yeah. Brazil hopped off South Korea today. Um, you know, like, where do you think who's coming home here I think France have looked the best team in it um, I was really me. impressed with Brazil for about 45 minutes today yeah. and then they just took the foot right off the pedal yeah well they, that, they didn't need to do anything yeah else, they, they didn't need to but I was impressed with Brazil considering they played 4-2-4 and gave Neymar a free roll and when they were defending they were playing 4-4-1-1 really impressed with how they attacked and defended and how they pressed off the ball Rafinha and Vinicius were pressing like nutters it was really impressive to see. Yeah. Plus the fact that Fabinho was. Sorry, I said Le- I said Leicester away. It's Villa away. We have. Sorry, I said Leicester <laughs> away earlier, and um, before but, people you know, rip me. And that's off. going to be interesting as well because new manager will will be in there for a good while, and yeah. he'll have had plenty of time to work with him. So yeah. that's not a gimme anymore. Yeah. But like, no, it's. I mean, you look at the players who are left. The Dutch, as you say, are really pragmatic. It's unusual to say for the Dutch, but they look so comfortable in their shape at the back. And they know that when they break, they're clinical. Yeah. And in Gakpo and um, Depay, they trust each other. They trust that they'll put away the chances that they make. Mm. We'll see what they're like if they go behind. Yeah. That game against Argentina, I, I'd, I would nearly fancy the Dutch to go through that. Yeah. Oh, I just Argentina were they're very hit and miss. The Fra- France England game would be a good, really good game. England have impressed. The, they've been really good in the tournaments. Scoring plenty of goals, only conceded two, and they were too late against Iran, I think. Um, 
Henderson was Dave, brilliant the other night. Dave, Henderson Dave, was really good. They've impressed, right, to a point. Mm. But for the first 25 minutes against Senegal last night, was it? Um, they were appalling. Yeah. Because, they were, I wouldn't say but, they were appalling. Uh, I they think were, they were. Because they were managing. They were, they were managing the game. Like they, were, right, they were managing yeah. the game, but they looked, for me, they looked a bit ropey, right? And yeah. I said at a half time, um, there's, been a, there's been a fair amount of talk around Declan Rice, and he's kind of come out with comments this week about mates, watching mates in Champions Leagues and stuff, and a lot of West Ham fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel he's gone. I thought he looked absolutely lost in midfield for England last night as the as the anchor man in a tree. He he didn't offer any angles to his left to his fullbacks. He didn't offer any angles to his centre backs, and he offered nothing um, to his to his wingers as as like give me the ball and I'll move it. He literally floated around the middle of the park, doing nothing. And and you know, in, like Harry Maguire last night and and Stones got an awful lot in the first half of criticism where oh they're trying to play that ball and they keep getting cut out and I was like they've nowhere else to go. They've nowhere to go, yeah. That midfielder, but, that midfielder might as, he'd be better off dropping ten yards and literally standing beside him and going here, give me a new move and I'll give it to you and you can go into midfield with it. But he looked yeah. for me, Royce looked. It showed for me last night that I'm not saying you can't get Royce to be a number six in a three man midfield, right? But it looked to me like last night that he is absolutely welded to the four-two-three-one, like he is at, at West Ham, where he has this portion of the pitch on this side that he looks mm. after, and Sue Check does the other. And last night for me, honestly, if you go back and watch the game, the amount of time Stones has it, and he gives it to Walker, and there's like Royce is in the middle of the park, and he's not trying to drop deep for it or, or go forward and get it. It was it was really weird to watch, and mm. and but having said that. Once England sniffed out a chance, they were really good. They were really yeah. decisive. You I, was, know. I was delighted I think it's for Jordan be a Henderson. Game of France. Yeah, I was delighted for Jordan Henderson. Purely and simply, the amount of stick that that guy gets is unnatural. The we seen the lineups come up, and first few people that came on my that were on my timeline. What the hell is he doing on the side? And as I, I think it was on Talksport today. Uh, Stuart Pierce, Pierce was on doing an interview. There was a thing about a six-minute clip of him talking about Jordan Henderson. And he's like, waxing lyrical about it, talking about him when he was in the under-21s and about the times when during COVID, when Liverpool went to play West Ham and there was no crowd. And Stuart Pearce sat in the dugout as a coach, listening to Jordan Henderson, driving everyone on. He's the exact type of midfielder that you need in on the pitch. You just need someone like him on the pitch. They don't have to be the best technically good player around, but he gets every ounce of everything out of the players around him. He's he's 32 years of age now, but you can see what he offers. And even with his, when he scored his goal last night, the cutback from Jude Bellingham was brilliant. You know, it, it was just a lovely cutback, nicely weighted, and Henderson slowed his run to arrive in the box at the right time and just calmly took put it away. I was just, I was just really happy for him. No, I, because listen, with I, everything that's going on off the pitch, yeah, I was, happy, I was happy. I was happy for Henderson. What I, what I seen from Henderson last night was an awful lot of hard work. Um, he, you know, he, I, he seemed to be everywhere on that right hand side. Like he was, like he was, he was letting Saka cheat a little bit and going over and and walking hard on the right hand side and winning ball. And he was, you know, he was physical. And stuff like that. He gets, well. he gets the goal. Oh, but listen, I'm not telling you Henderson went out there last night and no. absolutely was a masterclass midfield performance, no. but but the mix looked good. Even saying, even without talking about Royce, so I just thought when England were on the ball, wasn't doing enough. 
to create angles to either take the ball or allow players to get into space around them to take the ball, you know. Mm. But the, the mix between Henderson and really hard nice. work. Yeah, and, and, and Bellingham, who we got on to, Bellingham was able to go a little bit forward or forward, you know, and, and you know, nearly get out there centre-halves with runs and stuff like that. It was a good, it was a good mix um, mm. last night. And I'm not saying, you know, Henderson was a masterclass in midfield, not not at all, but no. he done what was needed. He went in there, he walked hard, he he cut off passing lanes, he was physical, he didn't let them get forward, he closed down, he gets a goal. You know, he does everything you kind of ask of him in midfield. Um, it's just, I, I, I only kind of zoomed, zoned, in, zoned in on Rice because it wasn't in a 4-2-3-1. It was him deep in a tree and I wanted to see what he was like. And for me, he just, he just doesn't move enough. You know, if you watch yeah, if you watch Fabinho, if you watch Fabinho, if you watch Rodri, their their heads are on a swivel all the time and they're constantly moving. I'll move over here and I might get the ball, but it means we centre half and go into a little bit more space and make that forward pass easier. Or I'll take the ball and you know, I'm confident on it to turn and, and open the play out, but he just seemed to be hovering where he just wasn't enough for me, but listen, they won the game. It'll be a good game against France. It will be um, a good game because everyone's going on about Mbappe against fucking um Coy Walker, yeah. I'm kind of going. That's, well, that's you kind of have to look at Foden. <laughs> it's just unbelievable for me. Saka is growing all the time. Yeah. Um, Kane scored now, so he's going to be he's going to be trouble, and yeah. I think he's going to be trouble, especially if the if the continue with Varane and Upa Meccano. Um, like if I'm if honestly if I'm Didier Deschamps, I'm going and I'm looking at Liverpool's um game not too long ago away at Sports. Where Kanate is a fucking monster against Harry Kane, um, but look, it's 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 one of the it's it's going to be a yeah. cracking game. But like you said, England or France go through. We're getting one or two players back. Um, of course, France or Holland play Argentina. If Holland win, Verdes is in the semi final. You know, and Brazil yeah. then I can't. Who did they get? Uh, Croatia. Croatia. If they yeah. if they win that, of course you'll still see Fabinho and Allison out there. So it's going to be interesting. Um, the last of the quarter finalists will be fair play to Allison as well today. Some of the saves he pulled off against him. <laughs> He's just a ridiculous goalkeeper. Kev. Yeah. There's just no I mean, to work from. He gets hooked. He gets hooked after conceding a deflected goal from thirty five yards out. I mean that's just cruel. Mm. <laughs> Poor yeah. old Waverton comes on to get his few minutes, but I thought Allison today was brilliant, and it goes to show that even though Brazil were comfortable four nil. They really Korea did create chances, you know, and Allison made two or three really top tier saves to keep him in it, and he could be the difference if it comes to a final against France. Yeah, that Loris could will let France down. I don't think Allison Becker would let Brazil down. No, I just think he's, he's just he could you know, be the he could be what wins it from. He could be, he could be, um, but it's going to be interesting. The last quarterfinals to be uh, sorted tomorrow, won't he? And then we're into those quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, Spain, Spain, Morocco tomorrow lunchtime or three o'clock. Uh, Portugal, Switzerland is yeah. seven o'clock. And then the quarter start from Thursday. Am I right? Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday. Friday. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on, and because we've done some Liverpool and Dubai, we've done some uh, World Cup stuff and the players that are still involved, Liverpool related. This talk around the club being salt. It's like a game of fucking Pong. Do you remember Pong on the telly where yeah. the thing just went beep, 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 and it just went around the screen? That's what it's like in real slow motion. So, look, 
a couple of weeks ago, as we know, it was reported by the Athletic that Liverpool were up for sale. All right. Off the back of. Now, sorry, I have to say this disclaimer before I go on. I don't give a fuck really who owns Liverpool Football Club once it's not stay owned. So I'm completely and utterly open if, if FSG want to sell this club and you go out and someone else comes in, just once they're not stay owned. That's where I stand on this, right? So before anybody tells me, oh, you're saying this and you're pro this and you're anti that and all, I'm not, right? I support Liverpool Football Club. The owners are over there somewhere. Yes, you can have a go at them and you can have your feelings on them. Fine. But my only thing at the moment now is if they stay, they need to invest. If they go, we hope to bring someone in. Not exactly like FSG, as people say, but not somebody that's state-owned where it's literally a sports-washing operation because I just think it's... I think if Osar United gets sold in that way, it's going to be massively detrimental to English football. That's my opinion, right? But this was reported a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, that's for sale, that's for sale, and you're kind of trying to read between the lines without sounding pro or anti anyone. You're reading between the lines going... Uh, they just kind of commented on the fact that there's been change of ownerships in the Premier League and Liverpool are always looking for this, that and the other and they're fully um, they're fully, you know they're always looking for opportunities and they're fully behind Liverpool both on and off the pitch this went on, there was fucking there were, people were reeling off names you know, they were all pretending that they knew who was going in and when it'll be done and when this, blah blah blah, blah. Um, and then the Boston Globe come out now the Boston Globe are owned by Family Sports Group, right? Um, from what I can remember. Yeah. And they come out and said, Liverpool owners, Family Sports Group, are leaning towards a partial sale of Liverpool, i.e. sell 10, 15, 20% for X amount of money with the idea of putting this money or part of this money back into the club um, for transfers, stuff like that and all. People's heads fell off. People were delighted. It all kind of went this way. I'm a bit of the point where they probably look at their investment. They must think they can get more out of this if they're going for a partial sale because if they sell, let's be real easy, 10% for 300 million, just for argument's sake, right? That's a round number, right? If they're willing to put all that 300 million back in, they must think further down the road that their 90% is going to outgrow their what their 100% is now, if you get me. Otherwise, yeah. they take that 300 million, stick her in on Linda's yacht and away they go into the sunset, right? Um. So the Boston Globe report this, and then people wait 48 hours for everyone to go, oh, that's a bit strange. And then it comes back and it's like, oh, no, hold on. There's a load of Germans. Now there's a load of Americans. No names, by the way. There's now now Qatar and Saudi Arabia, which may sound ridiculous, are going to team up and buy the club so they don't go into a bidding war against each other. And they're going to team up and buy the club. Again, no names. Okay, so where, where we are at now is, when, when through it all, whether you like them or don't like them as FSG, or whether you want fucking, you know, estate ownership or not, or whatever, where we actually stand is nothing has happened. Nothing has been quoted, right? And nothing is in any way solid on this information, Kev. Do you agree or disagree? Because that's where I feel I am. I feel like something might happen. But nobody fucking knows because nothing's come out. All I'm waiting for at the minute is a name to be linked to one of these bids. Because at the minute, like you said, if you read David Lynch's article, and David Lynch is a very credible guy. You know, he's he he's a good journalist. Um if you read his article, the German consortium and the 
American consortium apparently are further down the line. Still, as you said, no names, nothing. Um, and then out pops the Qatari and the Saudi consortium are looking to bid 3.2 billion for Liverpool. And you think, okay, hang, hang on now. A few years ago, um, Saudi Arabia, along with the EU, UAE and the rest of the Gulf states, literally ran an economic war against Qatar and isolated the, the Qatari region completely by sea and by air and wouldn't let anything in and out. And this is only a few years ago. And suddenly everything's hunky-dory. The, they're all mates again after, you know, for about a year. And they're going to consummate their marriage by jointly investing and buying a Premier League football club. At some point, alarm bells have to be going off in people's ears and say, this does not add up. And if this is to happen, what's to stop this marriage falling apart in six months, two years, three years down the line? And where the hell does that leave us? Um, well, it's, PMAC... Sorry, PMAC NZ says FSG already got $650 million and spent on a hockey team. Well, the $650 million by Red Bull was into the Fenway Sports Group, not into Liverpool Football Club. This is completely different. This is this will be selling part of the club. Okay? So, obviously, if if Red Bull own fucking 10% of, of... Well, they own 10% of Fenway Sports Group, but this looks like it's going not going to be a sale of... You know, a partial sale of FSG... It's going to be a partial sale of the club. So you will own part of the club along with FS, Fenway Sports Group. Um, couple. Of, I want to read a couple of things out because you, you, yeah. you ask yeah, a very yeah, good yeah. question as to where it would leave us, right? Um, let me see. Kieran feels there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Kieran, I don't doubt that there's stuff going on behind yeah. the scenes because we're going to get onto a topic in a minute where I don't feel there's no smoke without fire and you know what that topic's going to be, right? But there's definitely something going on, right? Um, because I think um, Mike was it Mike Gordon said something a, a couple of weeks ago as well where he, he was kind of quoted there's definitely something going on my whole point behind it is there's something going on but nobody fucking knows what's going on like nobody's able to tell us nobody able to tell us right what names are and it's just nothing and look David Lynch is a good journal right but there's nothing to stop David Lynch or whoever to turn around and go by the way there's a German crowd involved and this is who they are right because John O's is there, David Lynch was on Redman saying the German investors haven't put their name on there, on there because it's not far enough down the line. And if you don't win the auction, they don't want to be embarrassed, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So fair enough. Right. That's that's okay. But mm. why haven't they put their name on it? Why haven't they put their name on it? Because if you put your name on it, then at least Liverpool fans can go, well, there's a name. Who are these? These German investors. Who are they? What did he do? What did he do? Where are they going, right? And listen, I'm sure no matter who they are, someone will find something wrong with them somewhere because that's how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I don't want it to be a lot of German investors that literally run the German government. Like, this isn't a Middle Eastern thing. You no, know, no, no. It'd be like Donald Trump or, or fucking Joe Biden buying Liverpool Football Club. I yeah. don't want to be owned by America, yeah. right? And it's a, it's a totally different argument. People go, well, Americans have done loads of bad things. Yeah, of course Americans have done... America's done loads of bad things but Fenway Sports didn't personally do that you know a government have you know and it's like if, if the German government were behind this or the Norwegian sovereign form were behind this I don't want Norway owning Liverpool Football Club <laughs> like it's just and the reason yeah. being is because people people think sports washing 
is just a Middle Eastern exclusive thing, right? It's not. It's not. If a government owns, if a government owns Liverpool Football Club, it's a sports washing enterprise, regardless of where you're from. Because what they're doing is they are using your asset or their asset then to make you think this about them. That's what sports washing is. Along with the whole bringing all money in wherever you fucking like and, and cheating, right? But yeah. where it leaves us, Kev, is very interesting because, like you said, Saudi Arabia, Qatar haven't got the best, um, you know, the best... Sort they're not of, best buddies, let's put no, it that way. they're not best buddies. And, you know, even when... Was it Saudi Arabia were, were buying Newcastle? There was issues over... Being sports. Being sports and stuff like that. There's yeah. all sorts of going on. Where it leaves is very interesting, Kev, though, because, look, my whole thing behind this is I don't I don't mind if you like FSG or if you don't like them, right? My But my a big thing for me in this is all I seem to see now is that as a football, as owners, and it's Liverpool now and it'll be someone else in a year's time, we need to pull ourselves into line with people that are cheating. That's the way it is now. Like, this is what they do. We don't do, we don't spend as much. We need to put ourselves in line with these people and chi to stay up with them. Instead of people going, well, actually, what they're doing is actually all right. It's not 100%, but it's all right. Why can't we pull these people that are, you know, cooking books, pull them back into line with us? And that's that's the one thing that kind of sticks in my craw about it, where you're kind of going, we are having, we are now justifying what's going on over here by asking for something to happen at our club just so we can stay up with this. And and listen, uh, I'm, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, Liverpool becomes sports or, or owned by a sovereign a country. I I will not support it in any any way. Anyway, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. People have even said to me, would you stop doing podcasts? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I probably would. Because I couldn't sit here genuinely after having such an issue with Manchester City and what they do and sit in the same boat and go, well, you know, and trying to justify it. You know, I've no problem. Listen, I've no problem if somebody comes from America or Saudi Arabia or anywhere in the world of their own wealth and says, that's what I do. Yes, you'll find issues with them, but I'm not in for state ownership and where we're just literally being the toy for somebody else to project themselves yeah. to the world. And this that's just where I am. But against all that, this is um, the thing, look, we need to, one, once we on, get Paul Smith says, Paul Smith says, Paul Smith says, hold yeah. on, Paul, Paul, because, because Paul, you must know more than everybody else on the planet about this because he says, Gav, enough of the selective morality. The Qatar Saudi consortium are private, not state owned. You don't know that. You don't know that. You've read that. You, that's what you've, you've read. Okay. And if, and I'm presuming, and I'm going to presume you're going to go by David Lynch's, um, Peace on it, and his piece actually says they aren't state owned, but they have severe links to the state ownership in those countries. Paul, yeah. Here's so the, listen, it's not hold on, hold on, it's and, and I'm actually that annoys me when you say selective morality because mm-hmm. it's not selective morality. I've said it from the start, I've said it from the start. Listen, I've no come here, you could get a guy in Ireland, right, that has. 50 60 billion in his back pocket and he buys Liverpool football club right and he just he's done something wrong in the past you're always going to find them right billionaires aren't it's true billionaires aren't billionaires because they're really nice people they're just not right 
that's that's absolutely fine. But what I'm saying is, and, I've, and I'll stick with it, if it turns out Liverpool end up in the hands of anybody in this on this planet, and it's a country, forget about it. I'm done. Because you just can't. You, you know where it's going. You absolutely know where it's going. Yeah. Um, Torex says, apologies, but what about Elon? Um, well, no. You're all yeah, right. No, Keep your money, good. Elon. Um, Next. But look, again, we're, we're, we're down to... Kev, we're, de- we're we're still at the point. We're still at the we point. We just don't where know. We just don't know. Yeah, like yeah, we just don't know. We does, need does more every, information. Like, does every does every chance? Does every chance that in the next four weeks or six weeks we could be partially sold? We could be fully sold. Yeah. But then again, we could be six months down the road, and we're not sold or partially sold, Kev. And that's where I am at the minute. Yeah. I've been following what Andy's been saying on Twitter, and Andy pulls people's leg an awful lot, but when he gets into a conversation with someone about it, and he's dead right in what he's saying, we just don't know. The thing is, with the Chelsea sale, the government forced the timeline. And also, they were forced within the confines of the Premier League scheduling that things had to get done by a certain date, otherwise Chelsea couldn't be registered for the competition the year coming. So, timelines fixed that deal that it had to go through by a certain time. FSG are not in any real mad rush to sell. They can wait this out. They're not losing money. They're, Liverpool Football Club as a whole isn't making a massive loss. Even with the amount of spending they've done over the last few years, with the high wage bill that we do have, the investment that they've made in the ground and what have you, the cost of building materials, everything's gone through the roof. Anyone who's doing building work will know over the last six months that building stuff has gone through the roof. They can still wait this out to get the bid they want. This is, I think, why you're seeing a lot of this stuff drip fed through the Boston Globe is because they're trying to flush out who's serious and who's not, who's really interested and who's not, who just wants to be associated with a bid for, you know, one of the biggest sporting franchises in world football, in world, in world sports, period, is Liverpool. Liverpool are one of the top 10 sports organisations in world sports. And they don't come up that often. So it's unusual to get two come up in us and Manchester United. So the fact that these two institutions have come up for sale at the same time, like you said, should scare people because Newcastle were bought at a snip for 300 million by a state, by Saudi. And it's openly invested. PIF is the state body that invests for Saudi Arabia. Now, for any billionaire to come out of Saudi Arabia and Qatar, you can't do that independently of your own wealth without having strong links to the state. It's impossible. It's just the way that those countries are run. That you can't you can't shake a stick at that certain level without the state giving you the okay. So they're going to have to come, even if we are bought by this consortium down the line, they have to come around to a way of saying that. PIF is completely has nothing to do with it because you can't have one organization with direct or indirect links owning two clubs in the same league. It, it, you're not allowed. It's against the rules. So there's so many stumbling blocks that they have to physically get over just to get over those. That's even before you get into the other side of it, of who these people are and what their links are to the states that they're involved in mm. at home. So... And then we got to work out, are they going to stay together for the duration? Because there's no point in us having owners who are there together for five minutes and then they have a fight and 
we're thrown in the air saying, oh, you're just uh, you have to, you're the stepchild that nobody wants kind of thing, you know? It, who, who's, you know, who do we go with in the divorce? Um, I, it's just, pff, I don't know. Paul Smith said, goodbye, Gav. I want the club I love to be able to compete with City United and Chelsea. Paul, listen, you're well within your rights to want the club to compete with anybody, right? But genuinely, if Liverpool end up as a state-owned, by, by a state-owned body, it's not the club you love anymore. It's genuinely not, right? Because if you, like, look, do you think Man City is the club that they're, they're all, all, they all love? Do you think that's that club anymore? It's not. And nobody gives a fuck about Man City, what they win. And it's all there and it's all in the record books and, and people say, oh, it's in the record books, no one cares about that other, other stuff. They do, right? Their own manager cares. He gets so uptight when he, when he wins something because he knows nobody respects it. It won't be the club you love anymore. The club you think is as a socialist club and, you know, stand up for themselves and stuff. Do you think you're going to stand up to these people when they take over? Do you think, do you think a state is going to listen to you when they take over? Do you think they're going to listen when they, when they put up to £77 and you give out about it? Do you think they give a fuck? No, they don't. They're, they're a state-owned. They're, you are a state-owned football club. They won't care about you and £77. They won't care if they follow staff. They will not care. Yes, FSG tried it in, in, both, in both of those instances and listened to the fans. These people will not care. Right? They will go in there. They will do whatever they like, both on the pitch, off the pitch, financially, whatever it takes. Right? And we'll probably get away with it because when you look at what's going on in football now, that's what happens. But it will not be the club you love. Don't, don't, and, and that's selective morality because it will not be the club you love. You will be part of a sports washing enterprise and you will go and you will be okay with that. And for people like PMAX says, they're all, PMAX uh, says, one title in 10 years is not competing. Um, FSG are all about profit. Do you think they'll turn down an offer from these people just because of morality? No, I don't. I think FSG will take what they can, right? And maybe we'll end up where we go, FSG, Jesus, what are you doing? But, like, to say that we haven't competed with Manchester City is mental. Absolutely mental to say that we haven't competed with them. And again, we are willing to pull ourselves into line with Manchester City and what they do. Instead of actively asking for Man City to be pulled back into line with everybody else. We're okaying what's going on here. And you know what? It's probably the it's probably a precursor for what will come. Where if if Liverpool end up state owned, where people will go, oh well, you know, um, I said this months ago. Yeah, you probably did say it months ago. But at the end of the day, Liverpool Football Club is a lot more than being state owned and state ran, right? And basically jumping on a cheat train, right, to to compete. That's that's what we're all about. But look. Oh, that's my opinion. You have yours. Um, people, other people have said there. Listen, if this does happen, um, if this does happen, uh, you know, the likes of me and Kevin and others will be uh, our voice will be needed even more. Um, to fight, yeah. But you know something? As much as they won't care about match going fans or fans from all over the world, they'll just want what they want. They won't give a fuck what me or Kevin or anybody else says no. either, because it won't matter. You're fighting a stay here. You're not fighting. And Mike Ashley, that it takes ten years to get rid of them, but you have to get rid of them. These people can just sit there and do what they want, they, and in, in all aspects of the game. But for and listen, I say it again before we go. We're going to go to Joe Bellingham for ten or fifteen minutes. But I'll say it again. Can FSG do more? Yes. And even if they don't sell this club in the next twelve months, they do need to do a hell of a lot in January and June. 
well, I don't know how they do it, but they need to do mm-hmm. it, right? But and and if FSG go and someone comes in, I look at it and you know pros and cons, and once they're all right, you know we go with it, right? But if they're not all right, we don't. But <clears throat> for me to make Liverpool owners the scapegoat and and hold them against what's going on. Um, and Manchester City and other clubs around Europe is absolutely appalling to me, and absolutely appalling. And I'm telling you now, right? If Ma- if 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 Liverpool were spending 150 million a year, right? 150 million, because this is what it's all about, isn't it? You know, we don't spend enough money. We've a fucking fantastic squad. We've we've done absolutely brilliant, and we've been beaten by cheats, and that's the truth. Cheats we've been beaten by, and if they weren't there, we'd be sitting on four or five titles in the last ten years. Right, that's what we're up against, and for us to go on and on about this for so long, and all of a sudden the chance comes up where, oh, um, you know, we're shitting ourselves because we had a bad start to the season, and we all have to throw toys out of the pram and want this sort of ownership, a state-owned ownership, to do that, and actually, after after being like appalled by what goes on with Man City, and laugh most of the time at what the hell do you do it, to actually then turn around and go, you know what, let's just go over and be like them. Instead of having morals, as we call them, and stick to what we're doing, whether it's FSG or not, by the way, to stick with what we're doing and say, you know what, let's stick with what we're doing and let's keep voicing our opinion about what's going on over there. And let's ask why there's a Premier League or an FA investigation going on for three years against Man City and nothing's being said about it. But no, the easiest what, the way to do it is turn and go, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, I tell you, you join that and the days of your Liverpool football club you think is there is over. That, that I'm telling you now, it's over. Because Man City are a fucking nothing football club, right? And that's why they that's why they plumaz these people and that's why they put up with them. Right. And there is Man City fans that yearn for the days of the the, the, the Kipax and, and Main Road and, and being Manchester City. And Newcastle fans put up with an awful lot of Mike Mike Ashley and justify themselves on a day and not 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 talk about Newcastle justify themselves on a daily fucking basis because of who owns them if they didn't if they weren't concerned they wouldn't be on the internet going on about how who owns them and why this is okay just say fucking nothing if you think it's all right why are you justifying yourself you're justifying yourself because nobody because nobody fucking has any respect for you and you have to justify yourself every day to make yourself feel better that's what happens liverpool football club are 10 20 50 times any of the either of them teams right combined and if we ever go down that route I'm telling you Liverpool Football Club is finished fucking finished as an entity that you think it is and and you know we're, we're this and we're different and we're not we're not we're going to be just another plaything to a country where they will just wash themselves across this fucking football club and you at the end will be standing there going yeah do you know what we fuck all left but we, we win loads of trophies well that's all that matters um, sorry Kev Joe Bellingham oh you're fine Joe Bellingham um, I'm going to be very disappointed if Jordan Henderson and Trent Alexander-Arnold on the fucking wind up here I'm going to be honest with you um, <laughs> after all of that it's like I mean to me this is and I don't care if FS, FSG have already shown that when a signing needs to be made they will make it and it, you, you don't even have to look at FSG in football don't look, bother looking at FSG in Liverpool Look at FSG and what they've done in Boston, what they're looking to do in Pittsburgh. If they're over the years when we've needed to make a signing, we've we've gone out and we've got like a Darwin Nunes, we've gone out and got a Virgil van Dijk, we've gone out and got Allison, Fabinho, and Thiago when he became available made the money available for him. 
And people were as well point to the Coutinho money. Yeah, they maximised a stupid amount of money to sell Coutinho, the guy with the broken back, for 140-odd million and reinvested pretty much all of it into world-class players that took us from being a B-plus side to being an A-plus side. And Jude Bellingham is that player. If the prices that Dor- and Dortmund are acknowledging that they're looking to sell in probably in the summer, hmm. anywhere between 100 and 150 million euro between with add-ons and what have you, so you're talking 86 million, 87 million pounds up to 120 million pounds sterling. Um, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's the absolute right thing to do because you lock down arguably the best central midfield prospect in world football for a decade and you tie him in with Harvey Elliott, you tie him in with um, uh, Stefan, what's his face? Carvalho, Curtis Jones. You've got five players there. Yeah, but you've got five players there that are either just about to turn 20 or are 21, 22, all homegrown, all qualify as homegrown players. And you've got a midfield lock on for on five on those five players for a decade, and you build around that. Then over the decade, when you phase players out as they get older, for me, it's even if you're paying 120 million, you're paying 12 million a year for 10 years for the closest thing to Kevin De Bruyne that I've seen in football. Full stop. This guy, uh, what he's doing and how he conducts himself on and off the pitch, even when he's at Dortmund, you see the Dortmund have made him club captain. He's he's got it all. He is the complete total package. There's no feasible reason if he's available, your hat your hat has to be in the ring to get him. It'll be up to him ultimately. He'll decide where he wants to go. Mm. You know. All you can do is match the offer that's on the table from wherever it is and give him a choice. And we hope that with Klopp that we're the right choice for him. And I think we are. I think he can see that as well. But the project has to be right. The, um, the players around him have to be right. And you can see the how much he respects Jordan Henderson with not just the celebration for the goal, but you see how he conducts himself and how he talks about Jordan Henderson and the stuff that's been said about him, you know, those comments, he doesn't need to, to say anything like that. He doesn't need to address that in any way, shape or form. But he does because he's he's just fucking right. You know, and I love the bones of the kid. And look, I'd be disappointed if he ended up in City, I would. But he'd be one player that you'd look at, I'd go out of my way to watch him because he's that damn good. You know, and I don't care where he's. I want him at Liverpool. I do, but he's he's just so fucking good. It's gonna he cost really you. Is. It's gonna. I don't think it's gonna cost you 150 million. First of all, second thing is, um, you know, and I'm I'm possibly it makes a good point. He says you're putting faith in young players at a club who have done nothing in the game yet, and you're absolutely right. But you know, they. They have to be given the chance to do something. And Jude Bellingham is another young player that's done quite a bit in the game. In fairness to him, mm. you know, I think he's shown it in this world stage, and I think he showed it a little bit in this in this year's Champions League so far as well. Where, you know, Shawnee said it to us, he's having this fucking breakout season. We didn't need him to have. <laughs> we didn't want to have. Yeah. We want him to be a little yeah, bit yeah. shit, and then we pick him up, and then he just kicks on. But that's the way things are. I think 
and, and somebody else is there as well. You know, you don't pay her all up front. You pay installments. No. So it's going to probably cost you 20 million a year for six years in around yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, including add-ons maybe, right? But I think I think the price is probably somewhere in around between 80 and 100 million pounds. Yeah, and um, I think the add-ons will take it up have, over that. He'd have two years left on his deal come the summer, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I think the deal is already done. And so I'm not I, saying who it's done to, just just to clarify. No. I think Joe Bellingham leaves Borussia Dortmund in the summer. And I think wherever, wherever he's going, they already know it. Yeah. They already know it because, like, it, it's a bit like, it, you know, it, if Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Ferrari, like, are all going into this, right? Particularly Liverpool in this in this scenario. Liverpool don't want to be seen to be chasing this fella hard in the summer and leave 100 million quid on the table for him and they don't get him. And then they turn around, they want to sign Enzo Martinez, right? And Benfica go, well, we want 100 million. You know, we know yeah. you have hundred million, you know. So yeah. you don't, you don't want, you, you don't want it going like that. My opinion is that wherever Joe Bellingham is going in the summer is already known from Joe Bellingham. I'm, I'm not just saying in his own head. I think whatever club what has got him, nobody's got him, and this is why, this is why this stuff has really fucked up my head over the weekend, right? Where like Trent's bringing him on fucking dates every fucking five minutes, right? And Hendo scoring and pointing at him and. Um, Connor Cody's telling you that Henderson looks after Joe Bellingham like there's no tomorrow like he's just un-fucking-believable with him in fairness Henderson is unbelievable with every player in the England squad yeah, yeah. you know they all speak so highly of him I've watched them um, and P-Max says that's happened with Shoe Many already Gav yeah we went in for Shoe Many and like we got blown out of water by Remigid who just like threw their toys out of the pram when he didn't get Mbappe and just fucked it all as Shoe Many and um, but it, it's you know and then it's kind of like we, we might go for this fellow well you, you were giving 50 million for him or 60 we want 60 you're kind of going well, he's not fucking worth 60 you know sort of way and, and yeah. the other teams do that to you Paul Smith feels uh, he has his doubts that Bellingham is coming to us City or Madrid are the favourites unfortunately for him Um I could see the Madrid link more than City to be honest and the only reason I could see this, the Madrid link is Modric or Cruz or Modric and Cruz go yeah the only thing I would say with Man City is is that De Bruyne is not getting any younger. Yeah, that's no. I'm not. One. I'm not knocking you on De Bruyne. I think he's Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva just seems like every transfer window comes around, he's linked away, and he's he's a moany little mm. fuck. I, I could see links to anyone. I could see Manchester yeah. United links. I could genuinely see Manchester United yeah. links where they go. Listen, we've got Casemiro, and we want to put Joe Bellingham in there, and we're going to a three in midfield rather than. Casemiro and Fred or whoever it might be um, that's the way we're going to go and yeah. to maximise our wide attackers or wherever it might be I can see links to, I can see there's an argument around anyone getting them but I just feel this is why this has wrecked my head over the weekend because I'm going to go there's way too much going on here and you can see Trent smile when he's talking around it's like yeah no there's nothing going on you're like no, I don't really believe you and maybe that's the, me with the red tinted glasses listen, on goal. there's, there's no way in hell that Jude and Trent took that picture and decided to press send when they posted it on Instagram and realized what was going to happen after. Mm. They knew exactly what they were doing. And if they're on the wind-up, Trent deserves to be taken into a corner with a wet towel and just tss, 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 yeah. for a long time yeah. so that he doesn't do that again. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think they know. I, I Just the looks that they're giving off, all this kind of stuff, either if they know, then great, delighted. But the thing is, right, the thing is for me is that 
if players talk amongst themselves, right? Of course they do. And Trent has been by his side since they like got on the plane, right? And my only thing about this is that if it's not Liverpool, and I'm not saying it is, but if it's not Liverpool, how stupid, how stupid does does Trent in particular perceive yeah. to be to be looking that literally you were a decoy for a player that Liverpool want because he's going somewhere else? It just looks a bit mad, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it does. But, but look. I've watched him very closely in the World Cup. He's the, the player I've kind of kept an eye on the most, apart from Mbappe, because you just can't take your eyes off the nah. telly. He's, if you he's take your eye off the telly for a minute, he runs out with a fucking screen. He's gone. Like, um, and the, the one thing I've liked about him, he's, he's so mature on the ball. He gets around the pitch. He's not afraid to stick in a tackle. He, he was up against Kula Bali there last night in the corner, and he was like muscling him out of the way. He gets yeah. a good header in the first game. He's a good assist there last night. Um, he has the lot. He has got a lot, and he's shown. And listen, I know it's Wales, Iran, America, Senegal. You'll probably have to see a little bit more, to be honest with you. Come France, um, when they played them possibly at the weekend, um, yeah. Sunday, I think it might be. But you know, from what I've seen of him, he's really, really impressed, and and I I bet a lot of money that he leaves Borussia Dortmund in the summer. Oh yeah, 100%. and I don't think you'll see. An announcement on it because they're still in the Champions League, aren't they? So, look, I hope Liverpool get him simply because of the player I've watched in the World Cup. I yeah. understand people going 100 million, Liverpool to finance 100 million. I've said it before, if Liverpool want to get Joe Bellingham and sort themselves out for 10 years in a midfield position or a high quality, they're going to have to do a Joe Bellingham deal completely independent to anything else to do in the window, i.e., if I say, say, though, like somebody mentions there, comes in in January. Or they do something else. It has to be where you just go. This is a one-off. This is this is like yeah. this is our this transfer has strategy. To be done. But this yeah. this one just is a fork in the road that we have to take. We just have to take it. Um, but it's 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 one of those. Um, there's a few other ones as well. I mean, there's a few players that have stood out for me in the World Cup. One being Mohamed Kudus. Um, it's been really good. I, I've been really impressed. I was really impressed so with um. Kodikaku as well as another one. Weston McKinney off America. I was really yeah. impressed with as well. Yeah, he was good. Um, um, but look, but for for me, Mohamed Kudus is one that if you're thinking about not renewing Bobby Firmino's deal, I would definitely be in the market for him. Ajax yeah. looking at around a forty million mark for him. I think he's a snip at that. He he can play across the front three. He can. He's strong. He's quick. He's got a trick on him. He's good off either foot. I think he's a snip at forty million. Yeah. Um, Sam says we spent 75 on a dyke big on Alisson and Nunes we were prepared to spend big for Bellingham it's all on Bellingham now listen I just you know yourself I, I haven't we're all seen, in on it now uh, well I haven't I haven't seen anything concrete with regards to Joe Bellingham going to any club let's be honest about it no. but I just think two years to go was about the sweet spot for Borussia Dortmund to sell because he's still such a young guy that if he gets to a year and Borussia Dortmund are still asking for mad money and they're pricing somebody out of a move where he want, might want to go there. He could just sit there and go, listen, I'll just sit there at the fucking the end of my contract. I'll be 21 or 22 and I'll be gone. You know the sort of way? Um, but look... Uh, yeah, that's where I think Dortmund know. It's a sweet spot, isn't it? It is, yeah. Two years to go and they can reinvest. They've taken the gamble on him at 30 million, mind. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a case that they paid cheap for him. They paid huge money for him. 
But at the same time, he was willing to gamble and go to the Bundesliga at 17 years of age or 16, 17 years of age and try to make a name for himself. Plenty of others have tried and failed. The likes of Reese Oxford, when he broke through at West Ham, he was going to be the next big thing. He went to Germany and he's just not nowhere near. Yeah. He, he hasn't been able to get a look in, but he has. Look, uh, you know, Luckman was another one tried and it just hasn't worked out for him but he took the gamble and it, he's just made the most of it he's yeah. got all the talent in the world this kid well look we'll we'll have to wait and see we're going to be into january very very quickly when we get in there we'll be doing our um, ntk show and uh, no transfer knowledge where all ah. the names that come up for liverpool and all the clubs around um, england and europe and stuff we'll bring them up we'll talk about them we get people's opinions in the chat and we go from there um we're going to leave it there um, rest of the week we're going to try bringing you a couple of watch alongs for the rest of the week um, people that watch them seem to enjoy them we might bring them into the Premier League as to, towards the rest of the season just to see what they're like for the rest of the season and we make a decision on them in the summer we will bring you some World Cup updates we're working on a quiz for Wednesday night because I don't think there's football on Wednesday night no so Wednesday try... and Thursday are free yeah yeah Wednesday and Thursday are free so we're probably going to do an interactive quiz where you can all join in you know the way we used to do that we're going to try to do that as well um, we bring you some Liverpool stuff we bring you as much as we can um, between now and the end of the World Cup, as I've said. I am doing a chat tomorrow with John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap because they are bringing in what looks like a sensational um, five-part documentary series on Jurgen Klopp. I think it kicks off tomorrow at 12. I'm speaking to him tomorrow morning, so we'll try to get that out at some stage tomorrow on video and audio. So um, make sure you go and check that out. Um, but rest of the week, like I said, we're going to bring out as much as we possibly can. Hit the like button, it helps, especially around the times when not much Liverpool stuff is on the channel. But liking this stuff helps us stay out there and people can see us. And subscribe if you haven't already. Um, Everyone that won Beanie Hats, they've all been posted. All the kids that we gave to the Beanie Hats to for free, absolutely love them and they need them because it's gone bleeding, freezing in Ireland anyway. I don't know what yeah. about the rest is, but it's absolutely freezing here. Um, So look, as I said, we're going to do our best to bring you as much as we can. We will have that thing with John Gibbons out tomorrow. Um, And look, as the, we're, we're, we're literally winging it, aren't we, Kev? We're winging it day by day yeah. to see who's available, who can do this time, who can do that time, and we're trying to put out as much as we can. So if you can support us, that'd be excellent. Um, But what game's tomorrow at 7 o'clock, Kev? So we'll try to get that one. Portugal and Switzerland tomorrow. Right, that's what uh, we're going Sha- to aim for. Yeah, Shakiri is going to turn up and do Sh- do Shakiri mad things tomorrow. Okay. He just does mad things for Switzerland. It'll be lovely indeed. to see Ronaldo going home with Shakiri scoring a winner. <laughs> no. He doesn't do it. Um, but look, that has been a fat back four. That was twenty four hours late. We're sorry about that. Um, yeah, Kev, thanks a million. Everyone in the Not chat, um, I loved it tonight have to say because there's loads yeah. in there that agree with you with me with kev don't agree with me agree with each other don't agree with each other but not a word out of place in fairness yeah. um so that has been it we talk to you soon over and out. sports social podcast network